Welcome to Real Estate Business Explained. On this show, we share insights on what it really looks like to run a real estate business from the inside, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm Sean, and as a top agent, coach, and trainer, I've seen it all, and I want to share what I've learned with you. So whether you're just getting started or you've already got a lot going on and you're just looking for something new, I'm confident there's going to be something here for you. Let's get into it. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Today is a really cool episode. We're going to be talking about contracts. And I know that a lot of you are about to hit the skip button because it sounds really dry and boring. But here's the thing. I've gotten in and out of business with so many people, like so many people. It's it's been an amazing ride. I've been doing this for over a, a decade, almost two decades now. People are the biggest opportunity in business from my perspective. And, and here's the thing. They've all got their own motivations. They've all, all got their own lives going on. Things are going to come up. Things are going to happen. There could be desperation you don't know about in, in someone's life outside of their arrangement with you. And people are just kind of forgetful and selfish. So even if you set the best intentions at the beginning of your relationship and work with someone, a lot of the time along the way, things could change or they, they might have a different motivation that all of a sudden is pushing them in a direction that's not in alignment with you. And nasty stuff can happen. It's happened to me time and time again. So so here's the deal. This might sound like a dry subject. And at the same time, this is stuff that's so important if you want to build a successful business. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to run through eight of the must-have terms that you need to include in any agreement when you bring in a new hire. And here's, here's one thing that you might find surprising, but happens all the time. People get into business together all the time without a formal written agreement. And it's just crazy to me that this is something that happens because we we talk about things, but that's not enough. It, it really, really, really helps to have a, a, a step where you make someone actually go through a contract, read the clauses and make it painstakingly clear what you expect of them, what they expect of you, how everything's going to work, what it looks like if, if, you know, if and when you, you no longer are going to continue being in business together. And so <clears throat> what, what, what this does is it really, in addition to protecting you from a legal sense, it also creates a conversation where you get to plainly say, hey, these are the expectations. This is exactly what it looks like working with us. And the beauty is that by doing that, if there are concerns, if someone is out of alignment with what you expect from them and working with you, it's going to come up early. It's not going to come up when they're going out the door with half your clients. Okay. So what are the eight most important things that you need to have in your agreement with someone when they come into your new business? Okay. Well, here's the thing. Number one is don't steal. And it seems crazy that you put this, you need to say this, but the thing is people will do things that are stealing from a business that they don't think of as stealing. I'll give you an example. In a real estate business, we spend a lot of money on things like brand marketing, database management. We spend a ton of money collecting and gathering contact information for potential clients and leads. And people will take that with them when they leave because they don't think of it as stealing. They're like, oh, well, you know, like that's just stuff that I help make. Well, here's the thing. That belongs to the business, not them. So the first clause that I always make sure to include, especially with salespeople, is don't steal my clients, right? And this gets tricky because one of the things that I expect from new clients, one of my expectations is that they're going to solicit the business 
of their friends, their family. In, in real estate, we call this the sphere of influence, right? Like the people who know, like, and trust you. We, well, they're your low-hanging fruit. Go, go care for them. Go take, take, take their needs and, and you know, serve them. So one of the things that I require is that they bring these people into my database. So when they come in, our arrangement is that they bring in at least 150, preferably 200, 250 people with them, and they work those people. And then once they've worked with those people and those people are aware of them and they're, they're cared for, they go out and they bring other people into the database through prospecting, things like door knocking or cold calling or open houses. Now, the arrangement should be that if they no longer continue to be in business with you, their friends, their family, they can go back to that person and I'll stop marketing to them. However, all of the people that were added to the database during the time that they're on the team through their means or through any other means are people that should be payable to me. So in the event that they leave, if they do a transaction with someone that's in my database, that's my transaction. They owe me whatever that transaction would have paid me should they have been on the team. And frankly, in the contract, I'm probably going to make it that they're liable to give me 100% of the commissions because I just don't want them messing around. Okay. So the first one is don't steal. Now, there's obviously going to be some other stuff in there about just like uh, petty stuff. But that kind of falls under a more broad legal jurisdiction. Like if someone takes your computer monitor, that's obviously illegal. What we want to do is address the stuff that they don't think of as stealing, which is typically going to be them coming and grabbing, you know, names out of your database, doing the download, right? It's just a nasty thing to do. And tons of people do it. So protect yourself. Okay. The next thing that I want to do when I bring someone into my team, the second essential, essential term that I really want to make sure I have is a probationary period. This is where for the first three months, I can just help someone to get lost and there's no repercussions on either end. And this kind of really just makes sense. It's super common in, uh, in North America, a lot of Europe. This is just kind of standard practice in employment law. In the first 90 days, there's this laissez-faire, let's just check each other out kind of experience. And it kind of goes both ways, right? Like, if they don't like the environment, they're usually not going to give you much notice. Typically, not often, even after 90 days, people won't give much notice. And that's a whole other topic. Typically, I, I just let people out. I'm like, I, I don't want you here if you don't want to be here. But here's the thing. That first 90 days is like triads. And so what, what we're going to do, and this is probably a whole other episode, what we're going to do, though, is we're going to set some pretty high expectations. We're going to have them come in. We're going to work really hard. We're going to be meeting with them consistently. We're going to be setting goals. We're going to be measuring their results. We're going to be tracking their KPIs and stuff like that. And I want to see that they're actually showing up. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to work really hard to make sure that they know how to, how to contribute to the team. They're moving and progressing at a pace that I'm comfortable with and they're showing up with culture. They're on time, stuff like that. If they're not meeting that in the first 90 days, it's not going to get better usually. Okay. There could be some extenuating circumstance and stuff like that, sure. But realistically, if someone is, they're going to show you who they are, usually in month two and three. In, in the first month, often people are going to kind of scrape through. They might, you know, brush the hangover off and show up looking good and stuff like that. But in month two and three, it's usually where people start to burn a little bit. And, and so you'll get a real glimpse of, of how they're more likely to behave over the long run. There's this, this quote I love. I can't remember where it's from. I got to look it up. But it's, um, I, I can't know if I can work with you till I've worked with you. And so I also do this thing. And I did this on my real estate team. I do this in my coaching business. 
where I have a period before someone signs a contract, before they start their probationary period, where we put them through some kind of tryouts. Okay, so what does this look like? They're not a member of the team. You, you aren't giving them your brand. You're not giving them resources. But what you might do is give them a little bit of coaching and the culture piece. I love doing this as a way of hiring because you could interview someone for eight hours and then learn after spending eight hours of your time trying to figure out if they're the right kind of person that they said a lot of great stuff in the interview, but two weeks in, they just don't feel like doing the things that you need to do, like follow-up calls in order to be successful in real estate. So I don't want to spend eight hours with someone until I can see that they can sit down and make phone calls to their prospective family and friends and stuff like that. So a lot of the time, what I'm going to do is going to say, hey, you know what? You want to join my team. That's awesome. We're going to do the interview process, but we're going to do it in two or three weeks. And what you're going to do until then is you're just going to kind of be a hang around. I'm going to give you some coaching. I'm going to show you how to get the first couple things moving on your team. We're going to help you get all your friends and your family organized into a spreadsheet so that when you actually onboard to the team, they're ready to come in to the database and we can help you organize them and market to them and stuff like that. And I'm going to teach you how to make some calls to these people. So in the first two weeks, you're going to spend a lot of time calling all these people and um, and we're going to get the needle moving for you a little bit. It's a great way to see people actually show up and do stuff. I'll let them use my computers. I'll let them hang out in my office. I'll give them some training. They can show up when my team's doing our scripting calls and stuff like that. And a lot of the time, they're just going to fall out, which is fantastic because I would way rather they fall out now before I give them access to a bunch of stuff, onboard them, buy user accounts and a Gmail access and all this stuff. Bringing someone in costs thousands of bucks. So I don't want to do that if they're not going to do the damn work, okay? So um, you should really consider tryouts, but then still have a formal process to make sure that you interview them, you set clear expectations, just like we did in the last episode, and, and then sign a contract, okay? The third thing that I want to have when I sign a new team member is an exclusivity term. I want to have an agreement that them working in my business, it's an exclusive thing. They're not going to go and have a side hustle. This is full-time work. They're not writing deals on their own. Another thing that you always have people asking is like, oh, you know, like, but this is my sister, but this is my mom. Or, you know, I, I started something with this person before they came into this. No, there's one deal. All of the commission deals are the same for all of the people. We're not making special exemptions or cutting special deals or, hey, you know, I sold a low price point property. Can I keep extra? No, that was extra work for me too. Having this conversation, you should pay me more. Stop that crap. Okay. So it's an exclusive agreement. We're working together. There's no side deals. There's no special exemptions. You're, you're full time in real estate. I'm not taking part timers because I'm spending full time effort helping you. And I don't want to have someone calling me up in the evenings asking for, for coaching because that's the only time they're available. And chances are they're not going to put in the energy to make it work because they're going to be tired from their other job. I just don't want to make it happen, okay? So the fourth term that is essential when you bring someone into your business is confidentiality. I want to make sure that they know that I'm going to teach them all my tricks. Here's the thing. When you work with the right real estate team, they're going to give you tons of resources. They're going to give you access to all kinds of tools. You're going to be in this amazing culture environment and you're going to be motivated. You're going to have goals. They're going to help you track your business. Like there's so much good stuff coming on. Now, they might even give you leads. I wouldn't join a, a team just for leads. And that's like a whole other episode that we did earlier. But here's the thing. 
the most valuable thing that you get is access to someone who understands what it takes and how to build a business like that. It's not easy. It's super complicated and it's hard. It's a grind. And so the most valuable thing that you get is access to that person. And I, I want to give the people who are on my team all of the, the, the all my secrets, all my tricks, everything I've learned. I, I want to try to show up and be the best person I can be for those people. So if I'm giving someone all of that, I'm showing them how my business operates. I'm showing them all my, my SOPs, all the things that are running in the background to make everything we do possible. I don't want them copying and pasting stuff. I don't want them going and talking to other people about how we built our business. I, I just don't want any of it. So the confidentiality clause is going to address this. It's also going to address something really el uh, something else that's really important, um, which is client information. They're going to, by, by way of them having often just logins to the database or you know, the ability to overhear conversations and stuff like that, they're often going to be exposed exposed to some level of information surrounding our clients, which is confidential. Okay. Now there's a lot of areas in real estate where this is becoming an elevated, um, they're, they're elevating legislature surrounding this right now, as they should, because the way that a lot of real estate teams operate is really not cool. Like you shouldn't be talking about your client's motivation in front of your teammates, because what if they bring you an offer, right? Like you shouldn't be negotiating against your client around your team. So there's a lot of stuff that's that's actually they're raising the bar right now, which is fantastic in the way that we are expected to show up in terms of client confidentiality and negotiations within a team. But but this is something that you should put in your contract, especially in in wave of the fact that most of North America is going through pretty sweeping changes right now in how the industry is expecting real estate agents to show up. We're seeing it all over. All right. The next thing that you want to include when you're bringing in a new member to your team is you want to include a termination clause. A termination clause basically says, hey, here's what you can expect if I terminate you or if you leave. Okay, so it's going to include some pretty obvious stuff like what, what notice you would give them, what notice you expect from them to give you. It's going to talk about uh, how you don't need to provide cause if you're going to fire them. Um, now, I'm going to say here, that depending on where you're located, you should take a minute and look at what employment law says about all of this stuff. Because there's probably some legalities that flow around in the background. I don't want to put you in hot water where you've done something goofy that doesn't meet your local, you know, local laws. And you come back and say, well, Sean said he could do it on his podcast. Well, guys, come on, smarten up. So go check what legally the employment laws are, how you are expected to operate with contractors. I know different places have different expectations. But generally, I want my contract to make it uh, favorable to me in terms of having flexibility, having them agree that, you know, upon termination, they're going to cease all the communication and that no stealing stuff comes back. So make sure that you include this because it's important that people understand what to expect on the back end. The next thing that you want to have in a contract, an essential for your contract when you're bringing someone into your business is an indemnity clause. An indemnity clause basically says, hey, mistakes happen, but if you make a mistake, it's your mistake and it's not my problem just because we work together. Okay, so you're on my team. I'm giving you all this coaching and resources. You go out and do something really dumb and you get sued. Well, there's a high probability I'm going to get sued as well because we share a banner. Okay, I'm going to include a clause that says in the event that you get sued, 
you're getting sued. You're going to hold me harmless. You're not going to point any fingers back at me. And in addition to that, in the event that that something does come back towards me, what what you're going to do is essentially save me and hold me harmless from any of the repercussions from that. And if there are repercussions, you're going to take the financial burden of them. So that doesn't only include uh, them saying, hey, you know, you were fined a few thousand dollars or you had to pay your errors and emissions insurance. It can also include legal fees. So a, a good indemnity clause is going to say, you, you are holding me completely out of this. And in the event that I get pulled into this, not only are you going to cover the, the risk that you've imposed on me, but you're also going to cover the cost that I incur getting a lawyer to protect me because I don't want to deal with your problems. Okay. We also want to make sure when we bring a new person into your business that you have a, uh, a clause that protects you surrounding promotion and slander. So basically what this is going to do is it's going to say, well, first of all, you've got to promote the business. I don't care if you're an employee who just files paperwork and is on the administrative side, or you're my top salesperson, you are a representative of this brand. Okay. So you're going to show up, you're going to conduct yourself as a professional. You're going to post about your work socially. You're going to talk in good confidence about the people that you're, you work with. You're going to be a good representative of us. Okay. You're also going to do everything in your power, even operations, administrative people, you're going to do everything in your power to bring leads to the team. So in the event that a family member or someone that you know is trying to transact in real estate, you're going to refer them to me. You're going to bring them back to me. You're going to, and depending where you are, that you might be legally allowed to offer a reward to your teammate for this. Maybe not. A lot of boards have uh, rules against non-licensed individuals receiving compensation in association with a real estate trade. So that's your problem to figure out as the owner of the business. But it, it should still be expected that if someone has any lead on a potential buyer or seller, that lead is coming back to the team. So that's a promotion piece. I want you putting us out there. I want you saying how great we are. I want you, you know, saying on your socials, I'm so excited about my new job or dropping an open house or posting something about the, the company events whenever they come up, that kind of stuff. And I'm also going to have a slander clause, which is essentially saying the exact inverse of this. In the event that you leave or while you're on the team, you're not going to say anything negative about the team. I don't care how you feel. I don't care what you think about someone. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You are legally required not to say anything negative about us. Okay. And in the event that you do, you're also liable for damages. So guess what? It's not just Sean's going to be really, really mad at you. I can sue you if you misrepresent or share confidential experiences that you had within the team in a negative light, and it affects us financially. Okay. Now, the last thing that I'm, it's, this is essential, and you got to make sure that you put this in your contract. Anytime you bring a new member into your team, the last thing that you want to make sure, this is the final essential piece, is we have an expectations and standards section. Now, this is where you paint a picture of what you expect them to show up as. Okay. So I'm going to put, um, like, you know, obvious stuff, like show up on time, maintain a, a valid license and pay your board dues. Uh, you're going to have a presentable car and clothing and you're going to dress professionally. Okay. I'm also going to share stuff about what I expect from you just as a person in our culture on the team, because culturally on our team, we all show up on time because we have respect for one another. If someone's constantly 15 minutes late, that shows disrespect. So I don't want the team 
having to wait for you. I don't want the team holding themselves here and you're showing up here and we're acting like that's okay. I'm, I'm expecting that you're going to show up on time. I'm expecting that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. I'm expecting that on our team, you're going to contribute in a number of ways. You're going to contribute to lead generation. I'm going to, you're going to contribute to promotion of events that we host. You're going to contribute to projects that we work on as a team. I'm expecting that you're going to show up and be the person that we want all of our, our members of our team to be inside of their role and responsibilities and inside of the culture of our group. Okay. So if you put these eight things in your contract, you're going to find that there are going to be instances where people will show themselves out before they start on your team. And there's going to be instances where you can sit down and put a piece of paper in front of someone and say, dude, you owe me money. You can't go and steal blank from me. Or, you know, you're not living up to the expectations that we agreed to when you first joined this team. What are we going to do about this? Okay. So what are the eight clauses? Don't steal. I know it seems obvious. You'd be amazed what people think is not stealing. Probation. We're going to have a period where when people come in, there's a mutual opportunity for us to step out of business together. And remember that thing I was saying about how you can take someone in on a trial period, even before signing a contract. It's one of my favorite ways to check people out. And it gives you the opportunity to, to get feedback from your team. Hey, what do you think of the new, new gal? Okay. Exclusivity. You don't have a side hustle. This is a full-time job and there's no special deals or side, side deals. Okay. Confidentiality. I'm going to show you all my tricks. I'm going to show you how I built the business. I'm going to teach you everything I know. You're not going to go give that to my competitor. Okay. Um, termination. What does that look like? What, what, does, what, what do we expect from them? What can they expect from us? What kind of cause do we need to provide them? Generally, I'm going to try to put this as much in my favor as possible. Um, indemnity. You screw up. That's your problem. And not only are you going to keep me out of it, but in the event that I get dragged into a problem you created, you're going to hold me harmless in it, and you're going to be responsible for any costs, including legal fees. Okay, um, promotion and slander. You're gonna you're gonna say good stuff, and you're not going to say bad stuff. And then finally, what are our expectations and standards? What do we expect from you? What are the standards we're going to hold you to? And culturally, how do we show up as a group? Trust me, having these conversations up front makes a big difference. There are a ton of contracts out there floating around on the interweb you can use as a foundation. If you're struggling to find one, reach out to us. We'll give you some tips. And I always love these quick ones where I just drop a whole bunch of stuff. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for watching and tune in next week for what it looks like getting someone launched.